Hey, Senda. Hey, Phil. Can you run a game for us right now? Yes. Yes? Yes. That, is that play? the game or yes, you can run us a game <laughs> right now? Which Both. <laughs> Cue music. And welcome to another fine episode of Pandas Talking Games. Uh, I'm your host who has a couple folders of games that I can break out in a moment's notice, Phil. And I am your other host, Zenda, who also has games like that. We'll <laughs> run yes for you. I, I will run you yes and love and justice and <laughs> damn the man save the music and um, there's a list. Well, like, I don't know. I feel there's like from list. the opening so far, we've hinted at what the topic might be. I think our more <laughs> astute listeners might have caught on. But Maybe just in case, out. but just in case, <laughs> tell us about our topic for tonight. Yeah, um, so Curious Dabbler asked us on Twitter to talk about games that you can play with no prep. No prep. Hooray. Huzzah. That's my, just to be clear, that's my favorite kind of game to run. Uh, that is the kind of game that I almost always run. <laughs> I, on the other hand, actually, um, while I enjoy um, no prep, zero prep games, I am also perfectly fine uh, prepping games as well. And in fact, depending on what I'm playing, I'm more I'm more than comfortable doing um, a little prep, medium prep, and sometimes for things like mystery, more prep. Yeah, there's actually games I don't run because I don't really enjoy doing the prep as much. Um, and I don't, I'm not really practiced at it. I, I need some practice at it, right? But like, it's really interesting because then I'm like, oh, my comfort zone is like, let's not prep this. <laughs> sure. And listen, there's, um, there is plenty place, there's plenty of place for no prep games uh, in the world. There are a lot of people um, who like to not prep their games. Um, I have been both people, right? So um, early in my GMing career, I was very um, staunchly a person who prepped. And in fact, in those early days, I, I just did like way, I probably did way too much prep, which is what led me to writing uh, Never Unprepared to kind of talk mm -hmm. about like how to like make your prep less and less. Bring that in, reel that back to the actual necessities. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Just get to the bare necessities on the bare necessities. Bare necessities. Sorry. Da, 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 da. Oh, you can't make me sing tonight. As no, it's fine. It's fine. Beginning, like it's just a thing. Um, but I've actually, and I've gone the whole <laughs> other way, right? So I, I, you know, did a whole stint in the twenty teens of of playing, you know, zero prep games and ad hoc and all of that. Um, and I love all of it. Right. So I, I actually enjoy, um, I actually enjoy all of it. And I've actually come up with, um, not that that's our topic for tonight, but a blend of what to prep and still have room for improv. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think that that is probably worth a larger, but yeah. yeah, that could be worth a discussion, too, that because, be like, I would be lying if I said that I never prep anything, but my prep and your prep look pretty different sometimes. Yeah, that's okay. That's So, maybe that's a future topic. We won't worry about that tonight. But tonight, 
tonight is about a pin. no a pin prep for later. <laughs> no prep, zero prep games, uh, which we're going to define. Um, and I'm going to tell you that right now that this definition does not hold this. This definition will not hold water well. Um, we're going to punch holes in it in a few different places. But I think in this case, this definition will um, achieve the spirit of what we need without really um, it being very good um, to the letter of the law, so to speak. Um, so a zero prep game is a game that does not require the GM to do any prep in advance of playing the game, right? So so in a very traditional kind of game, like I would, I would have this game, I would learn the rules, I would have a an adventure, whether I bought one or whether I wrote one, that I would prepare, and then I would sit down at the table, um, we would have characters, either made them or passed them out or whatever, and then we would play, right? That's a very yes. traditional game. A yep. zero prep game is the kind of game where uh, I break out the game, and um, somewhere in the early part of setting up the game, like as I'm handing out characters or whatever... Um, I will kind of like, we will figure out what we are going to play in that session, right? Yes. Uh, whether it is going to be something like, and we'll talk about this in a little more detail, whether it's going to be something like picking out a play set as a group um, or rolling on some random tables to come up with some ideas that I'm going to like quickly incorporate and make a story out of, or perhaps the game uh, just does like, like, Perhaps the process of playing the game actually also tells you how to run the game. Yep. Um, and we're going to have examples of all of those tonight. Every one of those ones I just named, we have examples for all of those. Yes. But that is a zero prep game, right? So a zero prep game and really, and when I talk about this, remember I, at the beginning of this, I said the spirit, right? The spirit of a zero prep game is a game that you can get to the table very quickly that you did not have to do a bunch of stuff um, before, hand like to get mm -hmm. it ready for the table yes i am also going to tell you that before the show is over we're going to completely talk about the opposite yeah, of that we're going to totally yeah. mess that up um and it's okay but we're going to make okay. a point out of it yeah 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 okay good so set up what is the appeal of a zero prep game like why like what is it about a zero prep game that um like is cool so it's really interesting because there's there's really the list of reasons that you might be looking for a zero prep game is like the list of reasons why you might not have prepped, right? Or why you might not want to or why you might not have the spoons to um, in a lot of ways, right? So like if if you're playing on short notice, this is the thing that used to happen to me, right? You're having a game day at your house. You thought it was a board game day. And suddenly, like, three people are like, oh, man, I've really been wanting to try role-playing games. And you're like, all right, cool, let's do it. You got a couple hours? I'm in, right? This has been me. I've done that. Um, I did not plan to run a game that day. So short notice for whatever reason, right? You know, um, five friends swing by from, from out of town and are suddenly at your door. Um, and you're like, cool, let's play a game, right? That's short notice. Um, you might be at a con um, and... Uh, there's a number of ways this can happen at a con, right? Like you find yourself all sitting in the same corner and nobody has a game this slot and you're like, cool, let's just play something. 
or you <laughs> end up filling in a slot for a GM who didn't end up showing up. Um, and you're like, cool, I can just run us a thing so that we don't all like go away disappointed. Um, right. So there's a number of kind of places that that slots in. We're all playing games all the time at a con someday, someday at cons. Um, or, and this is the one that actually happens to me probably the, the most frequently right now coming out of the 2020s, um, which is when someone can't make a normal game, right? So if the composition of your game group changes drastically and you don't want to play your normal game on that night, but you still want to play something, like, you may not have prepared anything. So, like, cool, play something else for a night um, and then come back to it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I've and I've had, I think, every one of those, right? Um, yeah, me too. <laughs> I've had every one of those crop up um, from friends coming in out of town. Um, the con one's a big one. Um, it's huge. And it's Pick huge. up games at cons, yeah. Yeah, and it's Terrific. huge because if you um, if you're somebody who preps a lot or plays games that require a lot of prep, like it's hard to just be like, oh, okay, I'll run you guys something. Right, right. Like you, it's, you're like, oh, let me prep something between my other games and we can play tomorrow. Right. Yeah, it's like it's <laughs> like yeah. It, it, it there's definitely a spot for it. Um, I'll say like another thing about zero prep games is like if you are short on time. So like, let's say you had every intention of, um, it, let's say you had every intention this week of prepping your game for Friday, uh, but you just get slammed at work, right? Like there's an uptick in tickets or issues or like something melts down and you basically spend your week putting out fires and you, you know, either you're working late or you're just spent after the, like, you know, um, like you're working late, you're crunched on time and you just don't get it prepped. Right. Um, but you still want to play, right. This is like another place where a zero prep game comes right in. Um, because it's exactly what it's designed to do, right? Like, Oh, didn't have time this week to get your prep done. No problem. Bam. Let's play. No problem. You don't need no prep. Um, yeah. And then this one actually happens. I don't know if it always happens for me, but it feels like it's been happening a lot for me. And I can't imagine that I'm the only one coming out of the, you know, again, the last year of situation that we've been in, you know, globally, um, and continue to be in, um, to, to differing amounts, depending on where you are. Um, and that is when you are creatively spent. So sometimes it is just hard to have creativity. And sometimes that's because you had a rough week at work. And sometimes that's because like, there's, you know, a global panini, and you just don't have the brain space for creativity, because we, you know, had to do kind of a marathon version of like, everybody be in survival mode. Um, and, and that's definitely a thing. And it chews through your creativity significantly because your focus is on other stuff like are you gonna have toilet paper um and uh, but um or you know sometimes it's just one of those weeks where you're like i got nothing in the tank for whatever reason it totally happens it just happens and sometimes it's a big thing and sometimes it's a little thing and sometimes you walk up to the game that you thought you had prior to that night and you're like this just doesn't feel right and i don't have the juice to run it let's play something else right so if you're creatively spent or you don't have the emotional energy to run the thing you were intending to run right if i just had a rough week at work and the game that i was intending to run at the table tonight involves a lot of emotional energy like um 
the game that always comes to mind when I think about like really like would not be able to play at all times is that um, my friend Wen and I sat down and played through like the epilogue of our Tales from the Loop game one day as a one shot in which he died. Um, and it was intense and we both knew like we knew exactly what it was going in i actually wrote a new story article about it with him um about like we knew going in the storyline was that he was going to die because like he was being taken over kind of like by a venom suit style thing right so like we knew the end point of that story walking to the table that day um but like there are days that i would not be able to play that right sure like, I might not always be able to do that. And if you have something planned like that at your table and you're like, y'all, today's not the day. Can we try it again next week? I got this other thing, right? Absolutely. So creatively, creatively spent, whether that's creatively spent in terms of like creativity to actually prep with or whether that's creatively spent, like I don't have the emotional energy for this thing that I did prep for. Like, I don't have the energy to run this right now or to play this right now. All of that, right? Like, you don't have to put juice in if you don't have juice to put in. Yeah. 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 And, I mean, ultimately what this comes down to is you want to play a game, but you are unable to prep the game, right? Yes. And this is what we wind up being envious about board games, right? Yeah. So, like, board game folks, like, when they want to play a game... They just they pick just, up the game and play it. They pick up the box off the shelf, they put it on the table, and then they, like, play the game. Yeah. <laughs> they just open the box Ooh, and put out the components and, um, <laughs> and and get started. And there's a real appeal to that, right? So for, like, you know, for a number of us who like board games as well as role-playing games, there's a real appeal to the idea of just being able to, like, take a thing out, put it on the table, and and play. The thing is... And I like board games just fine, right? Board games and card games and things like that are great, but they're not role-playing. Yes, they're not. Right? So sometimes a board game is a perfectly good substitute for everything that we were just talking about here. Like, somebody can't make the normal game, and you know what? We're just going to play, you know, we're going to just play a couple rounds of Bob Everson's Circle of Six game. Right. right. Or we're going to like try and get our role playing kicks out of line to each other and Sheriff of Nottingham talking about how many cocks are in our bags. Sure. Sure. Yeah. You can never have too many cocks in your bag. Never too many cocks in your bag. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. So those are like perfectly fine. But then sometimes that's not what you wanted. Right. It's not that board games are bad. It's just that you really wanted to be in a character and you really wanted to do some scene stuff and, and you wanted kind of that that rush of the improv rush of playing off of people and things like that. And you just want that. And so these zero prep games are the closest we get to these board game style events where we can just take a thing out and play it. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So Curious Dabbler's original question was <laughs> suggestions about potential zero prep games. Right. Um, which we will honor in this yes. segment right now. Yes. Um, and I thought of another game while we were sitting talking and now I forgot it. The it's okay. Is, I'm sure it'll come back to me. so many. There are so very many. And I inevitably, once we finish recording the show, we're both going to be like, oh man, yes. I forgot one of my favorites. Our upcoming right? like, list will neither be comprehensive um, and, and it will be dated <laughs> because we'll be doing it off the cuff right now. But yes. 
Um, let me talk about the elements of what goes into a zero prep game. And then I'm going to ask you to start um, spitting out a list of games because there yes. are many on this list. There's many. <laughs> okay. So what we're looking for in a zero prep game is a couple things. Um, one, we're looking for a rule system that is um, relatively easy to engage. Um, that's not a deal breaker, um, but typically when you see these zero prep games, they have pretty light rule systems because they get like kind of just get you in, make a few rolls and keep you going kind of thing. Yep. Um, the part that makes it zero prep or no prep is that somewhere in the game, it will have one of these features or a hybrid of, of two of these features. It may have some sort of random scenario generator in the rules. Mm-hmm. Um, so like maybe there's like, as the players are prepping, like there, as players are putting together characters, the GM rolls on a couple tables and in some sort of Mad Lib style thing, um, collects the results from the table, looks at it, and this is the plot for the adventure tonight. Yes. Right? And that's what the that's what the GM will use. I'm not going to name a game yet that does that, but we'll talk about them when we go through but, when we go through the list, we'll we'll point out games that but have But I these know features. which one you're talking about. <laughs> Absolutely. Just need a post-it note, right? Yep. Um the next one is that the game itself might have prepared and I'm going to call them adventures, play sets, um those kinds of things. Typically, these are a page or two. They contain a kind of encapsulated um, adventure, and they're the kind of thing that you can just kind of pick up and uh, read it quickly and get running with it. Yep. Uh, and then finally, some games, the entire game itself is the framework, the game's framework actually handles the zero prep and keeps it going. Mm-hmm. Oh, I just thought what of else the one. did you remember? I just thought of the one. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay, let me, I'm gonna I just it right added here. one too. <laughs> uh, so our notes section used to be like a very, a very like uh, neat little list, and then we ran out of space for the um, the games that we were thinking of, and started just like putting them all around it. Right. <laughs> so, curious dabbler, you're gonna want to note this part in the uh, in the podcast because now we're gonna give you some. Here's examples. the list. All yeah, right, yeah, so yeah. here are some examples of the zero slash no prep uh, games that we would recommend, and I think we'll just popcorn this. We want to just do you, you do one, I'll do one kind of thing. Sure. All right, start us. Do you want to talk about them at all, or are we just gonna throw? No, no, titles? talk. You I can feel talk. Like we should talk a little. Yeah, bit. we should talk a little bit about them because otherwise it's just useless. Yeah, it's no, like no, no. Follow Friday, which is like a name. Like no, no. I, I think we talk about it a little, and if you can reference, you know, whether it's a scenario generator, a playset, or framework kind of thing. Oh sure, cool. So um, so I I I will say, this one is a large, all-encompassing one, right? Any lasers and feelings hack, including the original game itself, but any any one of those or derivative of that work. Um, so those those games a um, have very quick, simple rules to pick up that tend to be very genre enforcing uh, very quickly, um, and then they also generate adventures, Mad Lib style, um, and character creation is usually like four, five, like pick a number and three things. Are there any situation. lasers and feelings derivatives in particular that you might want to mention? <laughs> yeah, yeah. See, I was gonna then say like. Love and Justice or Rocker Boys and Vending Machines. Those two are great. 
I have a draft for one that I have not taken any further <laughs> that I started during the pandemic that maybe I'll pick up and finish um, called um, Rollerblades and Keyboards, which is uh, my Lasers and Feelings love letter uh, to the movie Hackers. Oh boy, you should finish that. Yeah, I should really should. That. I really should put some effort into that one and finish it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you okay. want to do one? Um, yeah, I'll do one. Uh, the next one uh, to shamelessly plug more of our work. Yeah, continue to shamelessly um, plug is uh, is Turning Point. So Turning Point right now is um, out in a um, uh, ash can kind of mode. I don't think it's an actual ash can. I think it's a quick play. We called it. Yeah, it's a it's um, a quick quick start. Quick, quick start. start. Um, yeah. That game contains one playset, uh, which mm-hmm. is in in Turning Point is referred to as a dilemma. Yep. Um, but and all the rules necessary to play out that dilemma, um, and, and all if, the rules written in such a way that if you don't even read them in advance, you can literally sit down at the table and read them out loud. As you go, and it will just walk you through the setup into that dilemma. It will indeed. Um, yes. Very intentionally. <laughs> Very intentionally. The future game, which will probably be coming out in, or going to Kickstarter in late 21, early 22, uh, will have multiple dilemmas. Uh, and yes. you will be able to pick from them which dilemma that you want your group to play um, in terms of like relative emotional intensity from very lighter, later mild ones to like much more serious ones. Um, but yeah, Turning Point is a game that has that kind of modular playset uh, idea. Uh, next one. Yeah, um, I'm going to call out Damn the Man, Save the Music, which I'm actually running right now. But because my group is my group, it didn't end up being a one shot. It was supposed to be a one shot. <laughs> it's tough. It's it's a lot of work to get it in as a one shot. I it I is, commend anyone who I commend anyone who thinks that I can play a game as a one shot. But yes. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that's the thing. So that's one where um, there there's a, a, an, an act structure, right? Framework framework to the game and uh and then there are like specific you don't have to pick from the scenes list but like why the scenes are fantastic so um i haven't found any reason honestly to stray from them at this point yep. they're just really they're really smart and well done um so so yeah it has a, it has a framework that is an act structure and then individual scenes that you can throw out in any order that you want um and a a, a beginning montage and an ending epilogue situation yeah yeah, yeah. Cool. Uh, it's not my fault. Um, yes. It's not my fault is technically for fate, but really I think you could use it for any fantasy game. You kind of can. Um, it's a random generator. It's um, it's a set of cards that helps generate a um, basically like a little sentence about what this game is going to be about. Yeah. Um, actually, I, sh- I should I should add one thing to this. So when I was running my like one minute RPGs, oh people, yeah, like five minute RPGs, <laughs> when I was running around at conventions recording people, um, doing like super fast little mini RPGs, um, I was using it's not my fault, right? right? So I was like, I was like, cool, you know, like here we go. Um, here's your character, draw a card, draw a thing, like laying out a scenario and then one roll and then we resolve whatever that is and that's the end and it's either happy or sad based on that one roll and that was the game, right? Like, so that was really interesting and it was a, it was a game that I played with both in a very zero prep way because it was like literally walking up to people with a microphone and being like, you want to play a game? Cool, draw a card. Um, <laughs> yeah. And also, like, and also, um, it's really good at it. Anyway. 
<laughs> it's it's fantastic. Yeah, uh, you, you still need to do one. That was yes, turning, I still need uh, to do one. That yep. was me jumping on yours because I I realized no, I had more good, to say good. about it. Yeah. Um. So one of my favorites that I discovered during the, the pandemic, right? Uh, this Discord has ghosts in it. Um, which is really cool because you can, it is built to be played online. You, you actually can't play it in person. So like, you know, that's just neat. Um, and really all it does is it, it sets you up with a scenario, like, right. Like it just says, okay, these people are ghost hunters. These people are not ghost hunters. And then, you know, as teams, you kind of just decide what's going to happen. There isn't a GM. So, um, you make all the decisions about the game as you go into the game and then you just play the game. Yeah pretty cool so i don't even know if there's really a framework or necessarily a scenario generator because really what you're doing with that game is just as ghosts you pick the location that you are haunting and as ghost hunters you kind of decide why you're there um and then that's pretty much it and you go with the game um of course uh when we've been playing it we've been getting a little bit more complicated in that like we've been like what is this place that we're haunting and why like how are we all connected like what is our like group storyline that is all messy right um and then our our ghost hunters have been like why are we here and why are we here together and you know so we had people like who were recording tv shows and doing podcasts and stuff and it was pretty fun yeah those Which just adds more layers, but yeah, it doesn't take very much to get started. Uh, next one I'm going to mention is for the queen, Alex Roberts. Of uh, course, of course, for the so queen. Beautiful. For the queen has a built-in framework. Yes, um, it does. The game, uh, the game tells you how to play it. Um, the cards direct play, and there is a card that triggers the end game. Um, yeah. It basically runs itself, uh, and it is a fantastic. Um, it is a fantastic little role-playing experience. Um, I like this one for convention, um, on the convention trail for so many reasons. One, it's small form factor. Uh, two, you can actually modulate the game by how many cards are like in it. Yes. Um, three, it accommodates a reasonable number of people mm-hmm. uh, with very little prep. And it teaches itself because if you read the um, intro cards... Which you're As supposed you're, to do. Which you're supposed yeah. to do. Uh, it sets not only sets the game up, it actually teaches everybody how to play it. So it, it is great for sitting down and people are like, oh, let's play something. We got an hour and a half. You know, what should we play? And then you're just like, but bam, you pull out the deck and people are like, oh, I've never played that before. And you're like, don't worry. No problem. Like rip it open <laughs> and like start playing it. Right. And everybody who's played it has had a good time playing it. It's really fantastic. And I've, I've played it. I played it at conventions. I've played it not at conventions. I played it at Thanksgiving. Like, you know, it's just, Absolutely. it's a thing that you just pull out and it's great. Yes. Um, yes. Pick another one. Popcorn Senda. Pick another one. Yes. Yes. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> You said it already. It's yes. Um, yeah. So when Rachel wrote this game called Yes that I really love, and uh, it is a game that is very light and is basically mostly a framework is the primary part of the game um, in that uh, it creates romances. It is, uh, it's a game about creating um, queer or unique romances um, with happy endings. So like there's a framework for it and you just you follow the scene structure and you go through and it's super quick and easy to get into and it's great because romance (laughs) uh i'll pick another one um fiasco 
Yeah. Um, Fiasco for me was like the watershed. I mean, there are obviously games that happened before this. For me in my own gaming career, um, Fiasco was really my first zero prep game. Um, the playsets are what makes Fiasco. Um, so this is one where um, this is a game where uh, it is two things. Uh, one, it has playsets, and two, it has a built-in framework. Yes. Um, yep. It puts both of those together uh, to create a unique experience every time you play it. Um, the newer version of yeah. Fiasco uh, is cards. even more so. It's um, great. I yeah. believe the word I used a while ago when we saw it at Origins in its prototype is um, it is the weaponized version of Fiasco, where before... You had to um, roll a bunch of dice and look on tables and things like that. Now they are uh, sexy card decks and um, you just put the cards out. And uh, I believe if I remember correctly, the cards even have like names on them or something. They do. They have names in the corner. So you're like, what's in my hand? Just pick a name from my hand. Cool. Exactly. Oh, it's great. Um, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's the weaponized version of the original game. I love the original game. I have not gotten to play the new game you did because you played it on um sasky i did i, I did on not myself. <laughs> because mine arrived during pandemic Boo! and that yes. is a time when i was unable to but now as we're coming out of pandemic i actually am looking again. forward to having some friends over and maybe playing a little fiasco yeah right, yeah, yeah hit up another one yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna mention our traveling home um which um, I'm not exactly sure about the timing, but gosh, I know that shipping is in, in process. So like, if you want to get in a pre-order on that one, now's the time. You should probably check it out. So Our Traveling Home um, is a framework of mini games um, <laughs> that creates a Studio Ghibli Howl's Moving Castle style of story, found family and queer relationships. It's really fantastic. But um, really what it does is it basically gives you a series of scenes in Act 1 and Act 2 framework, right? And you play through the scenes. <laughs> and then, and like in whatever order ends up making sense for the story that you're telling. But there's an Act 1 and Act 2. There's a an Act 1 end game point that like is your escalation point. There is an Act 2 end game point that is your climax point, And then you have an epilogue. So it's a fantastic framework with a little bit of flexibility about the order in the mushy parts and the really key important um, story beats just built in. Uh, I'm going to pick one last one for mine, and that is going to be Action Movie World. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a PBTA game about um, about action movies, but hence the name. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> but what's really cool about the game is that um, you actually play, your characters in the game are actors who are going to be playing in movies. It's great. <laughs> um, and the different playbooks represent different types of actors. Yeah. Um, but... It then has You're, a playset. You are kind of typecast, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it has a playset um, feature where um, there is a two-page playset for each of the different types of movies. Yes. So you can have like a sci-fi movie. Um, you can have uh, my personal favorite, which is the cop movie. Yeah. Um, there oh. is um, there is one the trucker movie. If you are a fan of the late of late seventies and early eighties. Action movies. So there's all of these playbooks, all of these play sets, and the play sets um, have all of the genre trappings 
um, to enhance the the main book and the character. So it has additional moves that um, you use. And then it has like on the back, it has like who it has like random tables for like who is the opposition so that like the GM can kind of work that up. Um, and then um, and then you can like play out your awesome uh, action movie. It is a game uh, as PBTA games go. It is one that I love for conventions because uh, it's super light. It sets up pretty quickly. And honestly, it doesn't take itself very seriously. So people tend to um, really ham it up and throw themselves into it. it. It winds up being a lot of fun. I have had really wonderful experiences with that game both times I've played it. And it's, de- I mean, it's definitely built for like the one shot slash, you know, couple sessions kind of. Well, so it's funny. It has a campaign movie. mode, but the campaign mode is that you take you, the actors. Well, you take the actors and go yeah, to yeah, another yeah. movie. Do another movie. With right. The so the actors. the play yeah. set is really like a one shot kind of thing. Yes. But like, yeah. so you do say you do the sci-fi like bug hunt like movie then the next week you do the ninja movie right (laughs) right like and then the martial arts tournament movie like and you just like cycle those actors um through each of those so in in that respect and it does actually have a couple campaign things in it where if you play the same actors over time you can get star power um and uh, you trade off who like one of the things you do is you rotate who's going to be the lead yeah in each one so everybody gets a chance to be a lead in a movie those kinds of things. All right. Yeah. Give me Great. one more. Uh, one last a, one. A, a recent one. A recent one that um, that we haven't finished. We haven't finished playing yet. I played through once with Micro and uh, we are in the middle of a game of that we will come back to at some point. Um, and that you talked to Jamie and Jason about on the Misdirected Mark recently. Hey, once more into the void. Um, is a framework for telling a very specific style of sci-fi story, a uh, get everybody back together for one last job um, kind of situation in which, you know, you got to save everything again, right? Um, after things went horribly wrong last time. And, uh, and it's great. And it has a very good framework, not only for the overall arc, Right. Like because you can you can pick the scenes, but they kind of give you the framework of, of how the story is going to go. Um, and then in each scene, um, the way that the mechanics work in the sort of minigame part, um, very interestingly gives you <clears throat> pretty specific mechanics about how that scene is going to go, too, which is great. Yep. You don't have to think about it at all. It's fantastic. I love it. <laughs> it is. Uh, it has also inspired us um, for the thing that we were missing. Yeah. for ditch lilies. In the ditch lilies, we're going to come back. <laughs> yeah, we're going to come back that? on design um, for di- the, the ditch lilies game uh, and borrow some of the structuring from uh, Once More Into the Void. So Yeah. Well, so the key thing about talking about zero prep or no prep games is that in all honesty, like there's so many and we really could, each of us probably sit here and list off like another 10 to 20 more without even thinking about it too, too hard, but we're not going to spend the entire rest of the episode doing that because there's a lot of them and they're all amazing and you yeah, should play them. Well, and it gets dated. And so these yeah. are all fantastic, right? Like these are all ones that I would say solidly, like if you don't have any of these in your repertoire, like look these up because one of these or more of these is going to resonate yeah. with you. We'll like fulfill what you want. Yeah. And yeah. they each do something different, right? So as, yes. for as serious as Turning Point is, Damn the Man, Save the Music is, is not. Empire Records. Yes. Um, <laughs> 
And, you know, where fiasco is, you know, often very dark humor, um, you know, our traveling home is like very pure. Right? Yeah, like it's, it, it's like, so sweet. Exactly. It's so sweet and pure. So, yes. uh, so by all means, um, hit up this list, check them out. And if you have suggestions and you want to tweet them at us, like of other games um, about uh, that are zero prep games, feel free. We, um, we are always on the hunt. For yeah. picking up new zero prep. I games. wanna hear I wanna hear other people's favorites. Those are some of ours. Okay. We're gonna take the last uh, couple minutes of this episode and we're gonna talk about um making gonna, a game we're zero gonna, prep. We're gonna take our definition and, and break it. Murder it. That's yes. what we're gonna do. <laughs> right, because here's the thing. When we talk about those con situations, um, friends coming into town, those kinds of things. Um, sometimes like we want to play, like sometimes our comfort zone is a game that is not made for zero prep. Right. Um, but we would still love to be able to like quick drop it on the table. Yeah. So there's a way to do that, but it involves prep. Now here's the difference, right? It involves prep at some time in the past, not specifically prepped for a particular event so it yes. therefore doesn't completely violate our definition it only makes it but, mushy <laughs> but it does kind of like also maybe it doesn't count but it is important because there are times where you want to bring out a game like in a in a like at sitting around at a con and um and you would like to play it but it's normally a game that kind of like relies on prep so here you can actually just make your game zero prep by going through um, and preparing some of these things. Do you want me just to kind of run through some of these and you want to just like bounce comments off of me? Yeah, as I sure. Do? Go for okay. it. So firstly, characters, right? So if your game that like, if the game that you're talking about that you're really grooving on has kind of an involved character system, um, then what you're going to want to do is just make some pre-gens. Yes. So, uh, this is uh, this is the summer of delight for me, right? Like I was sitting at my desk working and my child came running back from his friend's house and said, Mom, I need you to print me out some pre-gen D&D characters. I'm going to go run 5e. And I said, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I went and I found some and I just printed them out like a random selection and handed them to him and off he went. <laughs> yeah. And, and if, it was like such a proud mom moment. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Right. And so like if so, but normally like if you're going to like play D&D, like you have to go make a character. And if your character yeah. is not first level. Yeah, then um, it's a whole, a whole then thing. It's even, right. Then it's even more. And if you're doing like, I mean, like back in the day and I mean, I don't I don't play anymore. But back in the day, like when I was doing Pathfinder. Um, like a lot of work went into like making a 10th level character, right? Um, Is that but not how I haven't played enough 5e to make a 10th level 5e. I, no, I heard 5e's, I heard 5e's far less, uh, uh, what you call it, far less intense in terms of building, um, building characters up. I, I mean, let me just say this. Um, for Pathfinder, I did all my stuff using Hero Lab, right? Like I, I did, I used software assisted Pathfinder. Um, but yeah, anyway, I just started I, I, at level one and like kept going. From no, no, I, I get you, but that's like where that's where Hero Labs great because it yeah. handles all of that and then makes oh, I you used the character times, but right yeah. then makes you the character sheets. Anyway, yeah, so you should yeah. pregens pregens if your game has intricate uh, character generation. Yes. All right. The next part, I'm going to jump over my own notes here. Mechanics. Mm -hmm. If your game has things like 
um, complicated stat blocks or whatever, prep some stat blocks, right? Make yes. them like, like cop cut and paste them onto a page, you know, just like all the common ones, like make yourself a page that has like, I don't know, all, you know, all typical things you'd find in a dungeon from like, you know, first through third level. Yep. Kobolds, bugbears, goblins, hobgoblins, um, a green slime, whatever. Boom, 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 boom. Just put them on the, like, put them on a page, yep. right? Double side it, whatever. Then you have that as your kind of quick reference, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, prep that, like, put that together. Okay. Next is your plot. So, you could prep an adventure that, like, you bought, right? You could buy, like, you could buy, like, an, a module. Um, module because I'm so old, right? Because that's what we, that's what we called them when I was when I was younger. I still call it that from time to time. You could buy yourself an adventure, uh, prep it up, mm-hmm. right? Or maybe you download it off the you know maybe you download it off the web. Maybe um, somebody else wrote it. You went on to drive through. You bought like a ninety nine cent adventure, whatever. It doesn't matter. the The point being is that somebody kind of put it together, and um, you then. Um, kind of read through it. Uh, and it could be something that you've never run before, or in some cases, um, it could be something you've run plenty of times for different people. Because honestly, if you've run it a bunch of times, you've kind of already internalized yeah, the, it gets, the game. It gets really, really easy to zero prep something that you have run before, especially if you've run it multiple times before, which basically means that anything that you've thrown out at a convention before like, I, I mean, I don't know how, how everybody else does things, but I tend to run things at conventions, you know, multiple times, maybe across multiple conventions, maybe like this a couple times at this convention and then once at the next one and then a couple times at the next one kind of thing, right? Like you just get really good at those. Those are the kind of adventures that if anybody walks up to you and you're like, oh my gosh, can we do a game? You're like, yes. Let's do this one that I know really well. <laughs> so I so for Hydro Hackers, every year that I take Hydro Hackers to a convention, I write a new adventure for it. Um, so so I that am, you're not bored. <laughs> so I'm not bored, right? But yes. so but I run that adventure multiple times. So like for instance, um, if push came to shove right now and somebody like popped in and was like, "Hey, can you run me a game?" We would be playing Broken Main. Broken Main is like probably one of my simplest uh, Hydro Hacker adventures. It, it is a strong hook. It gets you started really quick. Um, we can whip up characters and then we can start playing like within 30, 45 minutes. We could be like well into our first scene. Okay. Yep. Um, the other thing you could do is you could get for your game that um, your for your game that you love to run, you could buy or build a random adventure generator. Yeah. Um, if you go on a drive-through, you will find all sorts of um, people have made table, random table generation things, and tools, and gadgets, and things like that. People have made plot generator, web pages, apps, all of those things. You could, if you wanted to, say, for instance, we'll just—I'm not going to pick on Five E, but I'm going to say, like, let's say for Five E, you made some pregens, and you have. Like you went on to drive through and you bought a random adventure generator uh, and you have your sheet of all your stat blocks for common, you know, common opposition. Sure. You could then like engage this random adventure generator, uh, quick whip up a thing about a missing caravan and a kid and a cave and like look at your, you know, look at your list of um, already set stat blocks and boom, you're off and running. It's adventure Yeah, you time. could just totally run that without even yeah. thinking about it. Yep. 
and that becomes a very much a um, that becomes a very much a zero prep uh, yeah. style game because you did the work. Because you did the work ago, some just to other have time. It, have it in your kit just in case, right? Yep. And, and and here's the thing: when pre-pandemic, I had a few games like that in my convention kit. Yeah. Like prepped and ready to go. Like they were not zero prep games, but I had like one or two games kind of prepped from previous times that I've run it. Uh, like for instance, my Dungeon World uh, Dangerous Space Jail Adventure. Yeah. Right, Dangerous Space Jail is um, is definitely not a zero prep um, adventure, right? It's like a full adventure kind of thing. But I had run it a whole bunch of times, internalized it, so like I had all the Dungeon World stuff necessary that in a folder in my bag, so that if people were like, "Oh, I want to play something, I want to play something fantasy," I'd be like, "Here we go, Dangerous Space Jail." Yeah, bring it. Let's do it. Um, I will say that another one that I always keep a stock of material for. Um, is Swords Without Master. Heck yeah. Um, I have a Pinterest board yep. of fantasy art that is the um, my GM inspiration for an adventure. Uh, and all I need to do is if somebody wanted to play it, as long as I have the materials together, and that's going to be my last thing in a second, as long as I have my materials with me, uh, while I'm getting that stuff out, I can quickly open up Pinterest. I can zip through, through. I can just pick an image Yep, and think about it for a second, and be like, "Cool, this is our eidolon for tonight." Yep. All right, and then lastly, put all this stuff together um, into like a folder or kit, right? So the more intricate your game is, like for instance, for five e, you don't really need that much as long as you have access to the rules and you know maybe that reference table of stat blocks or whatever, um, you can get going. Maybe you want to have some random dungeon, um, you know, either cards or tiles. I have some dice that make random dungeons if you roll them or not. Um, but for instance, for fate, I actually have a little plastic box mm-hmm. that has in it uh, fate dice, fate tokens, dry erase index cards, all wrapped up. And then I keep that in my bag so that if I want to just play a zero prep game of fate, uh, I can just pull this box out, you know, open it up. And in it is all the components necessary to run the game. Yeah. Um, and what you'll find is that some of the, like a lot of the other games that we mentioned have very uh, light components. Yes. Right? Zero yep. prep, like a lot of zero prep games have very light components need very few things. They need like some six-sided dice and some things printed out from those games. Yep. Sometimes um, the, a deck of cards. Yeah. Fiasco being the exception, Fiasco is actually a box set, but that's, you know, pretty simple. Just put the box set in your bag. Yeah. Um, same thing with um, For the Queen, but that's just a small, like, that is just a small deck of cards. Yep. Um, and very portable. Yes. Although I will say, and I love the design of that game so much and I love the packaging, but I cannot can't get leave. it to stay closed. You can't keep that box will not stay closed. So I always have to take the for the queen box and put it in a pouch. Yeah. And keep that well, zipped because up. Because like my bag. as you slide it open, you reveal the art oh, underneath. It's magnificent. It's yes. Yeah. It's magnificent. <laughs> But also, the box does not stay closed. Right. Um, so it either has to go in a very small pocket where it can't open, or it need to put it in a pouch where it can't open um, or do any harm. Okay. To back it up, 
you can make a game a zero prep game if you do the work to prep yes. it, right? Yeah. So it sounds counterintuitive. Um, but what I didn't want to do was just list a, game, a bunch of games that were designed to be zero prep and then be like, well, if you don't play one of these, you're screwed. Because <laughs> um, you're totally not. <laughs> yeah. uh, but it is going to require you doing a little work to make it zero prep. Right. Um, but it is something that once you do the work, you kind of just have it for whenever. Oh, yeah. Once you've done right? it, you can like, just take it with you con to con or, you know, just have it friend as a set. group to friend group. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. Um, so it is a little bit of in time investment up front to do that legwork. Um, but then after that, it becomes this kit that is something that you're like, cool, just go. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, there's so, one other thing that I'm going to mention. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. What is it? I'll be very quick. So the one other thing that I'm going to mention is if the thing that intimidates you about no prep games or zero prep games is the part where you probably end up making a bunch of stuff up on the fly um, because your plot is a Mad Libs or generated by tables or whatever. Um, the thing that I'm just going to say, and I've said it before, and I will say it again, we have an episode on um, improv and games, improving your improv. I don't remember which number it is, but it's back there. Um, but you can also check out Karen 12's uh, Improv for Gamers book, which is a bunch of fun little games that you can play with each other just to like, because it's a muscle and you practice it and then you get better at it, right? So cool. Engage that stuff too. Good. Now- In fact, in fact, zero prep games are a great way- uh, if you are looking, so when I was looking to improve my improv chops, yes. um, I ran a whole bunch of it's not my fault. Yes. Which is a great um, way to do it. Yeah. And which it, was a, which was super fun. Yeah. Um, forced me to have to do the improv work. It forced me to have to kind of think about the adventure, like sitting at the table kind of thing. Uh, and there was nothing I could do in advance because like, cause you don't know what the it's cards be tell you in advance. Yeah. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, it's it's really good. Um, but yeah, you can totally teach yourself. Um, and again, that's a future topic if we want to revisit imp improv techniques or whatever. Or if people have questions about improv techniques, we can certainly field them in future uh, episodes. And when we start talking about future episodes, it must be time for us to start talking about the closing. And in order to get to the closing, we have to get through talking about another show on the Misdirected Mark Network. And I know you have a special one that you want to talk about. I do. But if you're listening to this, then you've missed the first episode. <laughs> or maybe you have already seen it. Maybe you saw it, which is great. So I'm going to tell you to look for it on YouTube if you want to catch up, because we should be posting it there as well so that you can get it after the fact. We'll be working on the podcast part. Bear with us. It'll probably take us a little bit to get that all up and running because the primary focus of this particular show is live streaming. So I am so happy to keep talking about There is Super Geek, um, which is an actual play one-shot live stream um, that is highlighting the voices of marginalized folks and tabletop RPG uh, scene. Um, they feature gender marginalized GMs and a diverse rotate rotating cast of characters. I can't even say it. I'm just so excited about it so the first episode airs on june 17th if you're hearing this the week that it dropped um <clears throat> then you did miss it live but you should be able to go catch it on our misdirected mark youtube channel um and it's going to be airing bi-weekly um every so every two weeks um starting from june 17th um i have a behind the scenes peek at what their upcoming show list is and their upcoming guests and it is absolutely phenomenal and um 
I'm I'm basically just speechless. So like, go check it out. It's going to be really fantastic. That's excellent. Yes, it's and very welcome to excellent. the network. Yes. Okay, we've um before we hit the closing, we have just a little bit of um of housekeeping to do. Um, just a note. Um, for reasons. Um, not the reasons we're not going to explain now reasons we'll explain later Four reasons. We will not be recording on six twenty eight, uh, which means that you will not have a new show in your feed on seven five. Yep. So that is the day after the 4th of July. You will not hear from us. Don't worry. We're alive. We're good. We're okay, yes. but we're not recording the week before. Correct. Okay, good. Uh, say, Senda, where do people find us on the internet? Well, you can reach us on Twitter at Pandas Talk Games. You can find us in the Misdirected Mark forums, which is forums.misdirectedmark.com. You can, um, where else can they find us? On the Tiki Talkies, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Hit us up on the Tiki Talkies. Hit us up on the Tiki Talkies, um, where we use the same handles as our uh, personal Twitter handles. Um, or you can drop us a note if you prefer panda at misdirectedmark.com and Phil, once they find us in one of those places, what can they do with that information? Much like the curious dabbler did, uh, ask us a question. Um, give us something to do. Like we'll get on these mics and just, you know, sit and BS like we did for like an hour and a half before we started the show. Oops. But it's with <laughs> your input that we have purpose, a reason <laughs> to push the record a button. A raison d'être. A yes. raison de record to record i don't I, oh please my friend just outdated save and, us yes and i don't know the correct word anyway <laughs> we need topics um we like like we we need them but we also really like them like it, we really like just doing the topics that you suggest um, our whole purpose here is to uh help you have more better games and uh, the way that we do that is like we just take what's on your mind and we run with it. Um, and, you know, listen, we expand topics as we see fit. Right. So like tonight, you know, talking about zero prep games, we like we, you know, blew that out into a whole bunch of discussion. Uh, we kept the middle part, the important part in there, the list. You didn't but really want to hear us just list off games for an hour, did you? <laughs> no, no. no. We, we, so we get nerdy on these things. We take yeah. them apart. We look inside. We talk about how you can do things yourself, that kind of thing. Anyway, our job is um, to help you run more better games. Uh, and the way we do that is by taking those topics from you, turning them out into shows in order to help you and your fellow listeners. So keep that up. Um, we um, we appreciate it because it is actually one less thing we have to do each week, which is come up with a topic for the show. That's Seriously. Huge. Seriously. That's Thank why you. we're still on the That's air. That's why we're still here, y'all, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, we would not have come up with five years of topics on no. our own. God, we would have been not done even in the like slightest a season, season yeah. and a half tops. We've been yeah. like, all right, we've been doing this for a year and a half. We're done here. What do you want to talk about? I don't know. I don't yeah. know. Exactly. <laughs> Good thing you guys are here. All right. Um, if you like what we do here elsewhere on the Misdirected Mark Network, please consider uh, supporting our Patreon campaign. You go to patreon.com slash MMP. Uh, patrons get access to the Slack Room for Life. That has been uh, my bunker all through the pandemic uh, where I've been hunkering with wonderful people um, and, you know, uh, sharing good news, talking about hardships, uh, getting by. It is where we have our Friday luncheon on Zooms. So you can just like, you can join our luncheon and, uh, and see what we're up to. Um, you, uh, you know, you can chit, you can chat on various topics with uh, the other fine, fabulous listeners of the Misdirected Mark uh, family. 
Uh, and uh, yeah, even I make an appearance there every now and then uh, in the chat room and stuff when I'm not super busy at work. Anyway, um, you also get the um, the Bamboo Lounge from this show and the out and the after show from the misdirected Mark. Uh, those aren't too shabby. And listen, when we come out the other side of this pandemic and it's getting close, uh, we'll be in the position to give you guys some stuff that we make when we start making stuff again. I'm excited about it. Um, I haven't been excited about it in a long time. The um, first signs of maybe getting back to doing some like creative work uh, starting to come along. So um, our patrons always get rewarded with our hard work and creativity uh, because all of this is possible because of you guys. And that is really what the patron and patron Patreon campaigns about is making all of this possible. The reason that we could bring a, another show onto the network, the reason that we have a place to um, put episodes up, back them up, equipment, all of that stuff is because uh, you guys are uh, helping to make all that happen. And we are uh, always eternally grateful for that support. If you are already supporting the show, fantastic. Um, if you are unable to support the show, we totally understand. It's not a problem. There's another thing you can do. It helps us immensely. Of course, spread the word. Shout us out on Twitter when people ask for their favorite podcasts. If you know you think this is one of your favorite podcasts, don't do it if it's not one of your favorite podcasts. Like we're not asking you to be disgenuine, disingenuine. Like just do it if you love us. Um, but throw it out there. It helps people. Like listen, every time somebody puts one of those things up on Twitter, we we almost inevitably get a new listener. Um, it, and that that's huge for us, right? Like, that's a big help. Um, just tell us. Tell your friends. Talk about it on Twitter. Whatever. Even just post up one of our episodes and be like, good episode, right? Like, that's great. Jared Rasher did it for us today, um, talking about our notes one. Um, it's huge. Like, big help. Like, helps people, like, you know, hear about us um, in a very targeted way. There's a less targeted way. It's still important to us. It's not as direct as what I just talked about. It's still helpful, and Sunday's going to explain what it is. Yes, you could leave us a rating or review on Apple Podcasts or or the podcatcher of your choice. So if Apple Podcasts is not your thing, no problem. Go do it wherever you listen to them. <clears throat> it helps us everywhere. Um, new reviews really do actually help new people find the show. And we super duper appreciate them. So if you leave it somewhere, like just ping us on Twitter or even drop us an email and you can just be like, I wrote you a review here and we'll go read it because it makes us feel really warm and fuzzy inside and gives us artistic validation. We like being happy, artistically validated pandas. Indeed. Say, Senda, show me what zero prep game you're going to run for us. I'm like in the middle of running down the midst of the music. This show is a joint production of She's a Super Geek and Misdirected Mark Productions, the media arm of Encoded Designs. There we go. All right. I have waveforms. They look good. These waveforms. Oh, good. I have waveforms too. These waveforms are good. 
All right. And I was running far away when I ran off the road <coughs> someday. Nobody knows. A- anytime you'd like me to start the show. <laughs> okay. Carry on. Am I at the beginning of the show notes? Mm, no, the answer is no. I was on like page three. Good. Carry on. Here we go. Bloop. <laughs> wow. <laughs> no, I'm just going to keep laughing. You just keep singing. 